This is the Incremental Gains Podcast, helping you to improve on yesterday, every day. This podcast is brought to you by Maximum Edge CIC. Maximum Edge deliver training and learning opportunities for individuals who are facing many barriers to progressing and achieving in life. Maximum Edge works with people in workshops and one-to-one sessions to support them to make changes in their lives so they can progress and move forward in fulfilling their full potential. They work with people in local communities and sport with the aim of investing in people, which in turn will help to strengthen communities. For more information, go to www.maximumedge.org.uk We can call this a part two to the Learning Styles podcast. We all have a dominant style that we learn by. And in the previous episode, this should have given you a greater understanding of which learning style you are. Now we're gonna explore some more of our unconscious programming, some of the unconscious behaviors that are formed by our our values and our beliefs. These happen automatic. They help form your identity. And again, they inform your view of the world. Now in NLP, that's Neuro Linguistic Programming, it's known as filters. And like I said, they run in the background and these filters help drive what you pay attention to, what you might respond to and how you respond, what motivates you and how you interact with other people. There's two ends of the scale in each of these filters and knowing where you are on that scale gives greater awareness of your behaviours in certain situations and certain environments and in certain states. There's no absolutes. You won't be at one end of the scale. You'll sit somewhere in the middle. Where you sit between each end of the spectrum will vary. So what are these filters? The filters are towards or away from whether you like to match or mismatch, whether you like to big chunk or small chunk, whether you are choices or a process driven person, or whether you're internal or an external type person. What are we going to look at in this episode? What each program means and examples of it. We're also going to do a little exercise See if you can identify filters in other people. So the first one, towards or away from. If you are a towards or away from person, you'll set goals by either phrasing them as moving towards the goal, towards the pleasure, towards the result, or you'll phrase them away from, so what you don't want to do. For example, if you have a goal to lose weight or change your body composition, then you may phrase that goal as to lose a stone. Or I want to stop feeling horrible in my clothes. These would be considered as away from goals. What about in the job you're in? If a goal was to change jobs or go for promotion, would the motivation be because you hate the job at the moment or you don't like certain people? These would be away from goals as well. Maybe you don't want to work weekends. Again, you're trying to move away from something. So in the same scenario, let's look at towards thinking. So in the fitness, body composition, losing weight scenario, you might lose weight because you want to run a 10k. You want to be able to fit in those smaller jeans. You want to gain experience in a new sector, in a new industry. You want a better work-life balance. Try and notice different scenarios when you use language that determines towards or away from goals. Both are powerful motivators. Now have a think for a few moments where you sit on that spectrum and what environments you use towards goals or towards thinking and what environments you use away from thinking 
it may help for you to write down some goals or write down why you chose the job you currently do. Then look at see the language that you've used. If you have used an away from goal or an away from statement, try and change some of the words around so it's more towards and see if that changes your perception, see if that changes your state. If it's a towards goal, it might make it more compelling, it might help you visualise the outcome more, more vividly, and therefore help you feel more motivated. Now let's look at matching and mismatching. Do you know that person who never agrees, but has that yes, but? This is someone who mismatches. It's not a bad thing. Sometimes, yeah, people might find it a little bit annoying, but understand that this behaviour is unconscious. Maybe they're not aware that they're doing it. Or maybe it's not done with bad intent. So mismatching's good when an alternative view is needed or to look at things from a different perspective. Mismatching can be useful when in a meeting or if a conversation needs to come to a close, mismatching someone's body language will break that rapport and bring an end to the conversation. Mismatches tend to go against the grain. They're very individual and they may choose the opposing direction of a point of view just to be different or controversial. They won't easily agree. Now, people who match, more often than not, tend to be in agreement with people. They will look at ways they are similar rather than ways they are different to other people. They will tend to go with the flow and be content with following the crowd. They find it easy to build rapport, mimicking body language, tone and gestures. Like I said before, when you first meet someone, have a think whether you tend to look for ways that you are similar with that person or do you immediately look for ways you are different. Again, take a little bit of time to think where you sit on that spectrum. Maybe what environments you're in. When was the last time you met someone for the first time? Did you look for things that you had in common? Or did you look for things in ways you were different? So let's move on to big chunking and small chunking. This refers to how much detail you are comfortable with. If you were chunking up or big chunking, you're becoming more general. The more you like hanging around in the small details, then you would be chunking down or small chunking. When working with others, you may find that if you can't come to an agreement, then chunking up is invaluable to reach that point where you agree and then chunk back down, go back into the smaller details to maybe compromise. People who chunk up are generally looking at the bigger picture, e.g. a project and the mission statements, maybe the values of the project. Looking at bigger pictures, maybe one year, two years, five years ahead. Whereas the people who live in the small chunk, who like to chunk down, are more likely to think about the day-to-day -day details. This may change in the different environments you find yourself working in. If it's a project or an activity that you really find interesting and you're really invested in, then you're more inclined to chunk down, you're more inclined to look at the smaller details. So choices and processes. If you were more a choices-driven person, then you may like to navigate yourself through a situation being a bit more intuitive or have more than one option available to you. Whereas a person who is driven by a process would be very comfortable in following procedures. Do A, then do B, then do C with very little wiggle room. Imagine if you're trying to drive to a destination. A choices-driven person may have the final destination in mind but choose to maybe use the motorway or a bit more scenic route. They may opt to follow the sat-nav but they may know better where, and maybe look for road signs. But with the process-driven person, they're more likely to, to follow the sat-nav to the letter and follow each instruction. So internal and external, how do you reconcile within yourself a decision that you've made? 
How do you justify it? Do you justify it by listening to your inner voice? Or are you more likely to listen to the opinion of others? So internal type people tend to not bother with the opinions of others and tend to justify their actions by their internal feelings, their intuition. External people, much more influenced by what goes on around them. For example, internal people may have a, a unique dress sense. They might wear what feels comfortable at the time, not what society dictates is a current trend or fashion. Whereas external people would gauge the validation by the opinions of their peers and other people. Everyone falls somewhere on the scale and there are very rare absolute cases. An important point to note when we're talking about these filters, these programming, is the person with the most flexibility in moving themselves up or down the spectrum is going to have greater influence in the system or the interaction that they're in. There's always going to be people who have got different filters and different filters in different environments. But the key is to recognise which filter they're in and when you can work to get a more positive outcome by changing where you sit on that filter spectrum and changing your language to build rapport and to gain more of a compelling outcome. It might seem like a lot of complex stuff that we're talking about, but, but you can chunk it up to basically dealing with people and effective communication. That's what we're talking about. So again, the, the ability to notice these filters in others is going to have greater productivity, even if you're a manager or a team coach or even just a, a team member. The ability to know these filters within yourself will allow you to have a greater awareness when setting goals or when challenging those behaviours that we've spoke about in previous episodes. Now we're going to do an exercise and I'm going to read out some examples of various statements. And I want you to see if you can determine from the examples that we've just gone through, the language used and what filters the person is using. So after each statement, please pause the recording as after each example, I will explain sort of what filters they're using. I hear what you're saying, but I don't agree. I think we should reduce the price of product there. Notice the auditory language from the previous episode. I would say the mismatching and they're acting internally. Statement two. I generally find I buy the same brands as my friends. So this is an example of matching an externally driven person. Statement three. Whatever you say, you usually write about these things. This uses auditory language and they're acting from a place of external. Statement four. I always follow the instructions when I put together flat pack furniture. So this is an example of a processes driven person. Statement five. It's important to learn a language step by step. So this person's using small chunking, chunking down. And they're also an example of a process driven person. Statement six. I'm going to be a size 10 by Christmas. This is an example that we gave earlier of a towards goal. Statement seven, I tend to do my own thing. This is an example of an internal person who may also be choices driven rather than process. Remember, it's the person with the most flexibility who influences the system or the interaction or the conversation. So what have we learned? We learned that these filters unconsciously run in the background of our decision-making process. We looked at each filter and we looked at examples and we should now have a better understanding of where we sit on each of the spectrum. We looked how to notice other people's use of language in determining where they fall. So where do we go from here? We're gonna look at a topic that we've discussed in the last few sessions. It's come up a few times and it's goal setting. 
Now you might be familiar with goal setting, you may have already set goals. However, with terms such as smart goals, compelling outcomes, long, mid, short-term goals, I'm going to spend a little bit of time going through each one, different goal setting protocols and maybe pros and cons to each, how to set goals. So good luck and I look forward to seeing you again next time.